Hello and welcome to today's Global Challenge podcast hosted by the Institute of Textiles and Colour here at the University of Leeds. My name is Mark Sumner. I am a lecturer at the School of Design. And today we're going to be talking about sustainable fashion and the important role that durability of garments plays in the discussion about how sustainable fashion is. Now we know that the fashion industry has a very large impact in terms of its sustainability footprint. Potentially, somewhere between 4 and 10% of global greenhouse gases emissions are associated with the fashion industry. And almost 70% of all of those emissions are associated with the manufacturing and materials that are used in garments. Over 200 trillion litres of water are consumed by the fashion industry each year, and nearly 70% of that water consumption is associated with manufacturing materials as well. And we know that 400 million workers are dependent on the fashion industry for their livelihoods. We also know that the fashion industry is associated with consumption and a massive growth in consumption. According to a a recent report by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, they showed that consumption has doubled in the space of 15 years for fashion. And fast fashion has been seen as the major culprit in terms of driving that consumption. But what we've also seen associated with fast fashion and consumption is the change in the way that we use our clothes in terms of utilisation. How often do we wear our clothes? How long do we keep them? And a big part of the utilisation of clothing is related to durability. Today we're going to be exploring what durability actually means understanding the complexity of durability, but also understanding that durability can play a really important role in the sustainability of product. The SCAP 2020 initiative showed that if we can extend the life of garments by just nine months, we can make a significant reduction in carbon, water and waste footprint for the fashion industry. So today's podcast is going to really focus on sustainability of fashion with that lens around durability, utilisation and how we all treat our clothes during the time that we we own them and wear them. To help us with the podcast, we've got three really experienced and exciting guests to talk to us about durability. I'm Kat Salvage. I'm the Strategic Technical Manager for Textiles at RAP. And for a bit of context around RAP, we're a climate NGO working across textiles food and plastics industries, engaging businesses, systems and government to rethink and redefine how we produce, consume, use and dispose of products to create that system change that we need to reduce our impacts and climate change. Thanks very much, Kat. And we also have Kate. I'm Kate. I'm the PhD researcher on the LITAC project doing durability. And we have Vicky. Thanks, Mark. Hello, I'm Vicky Swain. I work for Primark. I am a quality lead working within our Primark Cares. So firstly, to get the ball rolling, Kat, can you talk to us about how important durability is in terms of the work that RAP is doing with regards to sustainable fashion and the Textiles 2030 initiative? Yes, thanks, Mark. And firstly, thanks for inviting me on the podcast today because durability is really kind of at the core of lots of the work that we're doing on textiles at RAP. And so RAP, for a bit of background information, we launched our Textiles 2030 Voluntary Agreement for the UK fashion and textiles industry 
in 2021 with the aim of reducing the carbon footprint of the UK industry by 50% and the water footprint by 30%. And as you mentioned before, this initiative really leads on from our voluntary agreement, SCAP. We did a lot of work around trying to set some consistent testing protocols and minimum guidelines on durability through SCAP through our longevity protocol, which looked at five product categories, setting some consistent testing protocols um, for those product categories. And that was really the first step on our journey to supporting the industry to increase the durability of their products. But what we kind of found from that piece of work is that there is obviously a lot of complexity. There's a lot of different products. There's a lot of different materials. There's a lot of different categories. So through Textiles 2030, we're continuing our work on durability and how it links to circularity and circular design. What we found through our work is that there's a real lack of consistency around minimum durability standards. And because of that lack of consistency, it's very hard for brands and retailers to communicate to their customers the durability of their products. It's really interesting what you've talked about there in terms of that durability picture. And you mentioned product categories. I guess what you're talking about there is you know, thinking about a product category being casual trousers or formal tops that people wear. And you were saying that this is it's important to understand categories in terms of understanding durability. Could you just give an example of what you mean there? So I guess we might think of a product category as trousers or shirts or jersey t-shirts, but then actually within those product categories, there's obviously the breakdown of, is it casual wear? Is it formal wear? Is it potentially sports or active wear? And actually all of those different end uses determines how often you use those products and how you want those products to work for you as a customer. And we could take the example maybe of jeans versus formal trousers. You know, your jeans are probably a casual wear item. You're going to wear them fairly regularly. You're open to them potentially fading and having that well-worn look as a casual wear garment. Whereas with a pair of formal wear trousers, you want them to keep saying smart. You don't want to see any color fading or pilling on those garments. People want different qualities from different end uses. The citizen research that we did looked into how often those types of garments are worn. So for instance, if it's an occasion wear dress, you know, people are probably wearing that once or twice a year. Whereas if it's a casual everyday dress, they could be wearing it once or twice a week. So it's really important when we're developing those durability testing and minimum standards that we really take into account what the product is, how often it's going to be used, how often it's going to be washed and other ways that people are going to use those products. Thanks for that, Kat. That's really helpful. You also mentioned this idea of product lifetimes are increasing for garments based on the research that RAP had done, but we're using them less. And I'm just trying to get my head around what that actually means in terms of reality. So I think what that's shown us is that we actually have more products in our wardrobes. So consumption has increased, but we're actually not using the products as much because we have more items to choose from in our wardrobes. That then really links to the emotional attachment we have to our clothes and if they're a priority for us and maybe we're buying similar items because we've either got too many in our wardrobes they're not organized we're not utilizing our wardrobes enough or just because it's easier to buy those items now but I think it also 
links into a discussion around how can we use those items in our wardrobes more and that might be as you know as yourself using your own items but actually if you're not using them can they be donated and go through a resale model or could you rent them out and actually you need your products to have a level of durability for them to be able to have that second third life as well so of course if we want to rent something out to lots of different people it needs to be something that is really quite durable but what you talked about, and now I'm going to invite Kate to talk about this as well. There is a technical aspect to durability, that wear and tear, but there's this important emotional aspect as well. So Kate, in terms of your position as a PhD researcher working on the LeetApp project, looking at garment durability, can you just give a bit of background to what the, the project aims to do? The overall aim of the LeetApp durability project is to explore the complex nature of garment durability and to see how we can use that information to explore and influence circularity systems. So it's definitely taking a holistic approach to garment durability and as we've mentioned already, that physical aspect, but also the emotional aspect. We've split the project up into two sections, one being the physical side, and that's looking at wear and tear of our clothes, that technical aspect, as you've mentioned, Mark. So the idea around that is we are working with quite a few different brands. We're going to be testing garments within the lab, doing tests like abrasion, tensile strength, pilling. And these explore the overall integrity of the products that we're buying. The idea behind the laboratory testing is looking at different modes of failure, but at a category level to create a benchmarking system and hopefully a way of measuring durability as that's something that's lacking in the industry at the moment. We have explored a number of different categories across the board, as has already been mentioned. This is because different end uses need a different level of durability. So for instance, if you take formal suits, this probably will only be worn once or twice a year and over a course of its lifetime, a lot less than, say, the average T-shirt, which could be worn once or twice a week. So the durability level definitely needs to be higher for the T-shirt than if it was for the suit. The more complex side of this project is actually the emotional side. As this is very subjective, this is looking at the actual association that we have with our clothes and why we can't seem to throw some of them away or why we don't have any attachment to some of the clothes and we wear them once and then we throw them away. This is really complex. It's very individual and we need to understand what factors influence the emotional durability of clothing and how we can actually use them going forward in design and to ensure that the clothing that is put on the market has a better chance of being used for longer. There's also a level where the dynamics of emotional and physical durability come together. For instance, if you look at different categories where you've got a pair of faded old denim jeans, but they're still loved by the user because that's what denim's intended to do. And as it ages, it almost gets better. Whereas if you compare it to maybe a more formal style garment, such as a shirt, as that fades and as you wash it over time, it starts to look older and that can actually impact the emotional attachment the user has to the garment as well. So they're much more likely to throw away that shirt far before they are the denim jeans, even though they had the same level of fading. So that's something else we're going to be exploring throughout the project. So 
Kate, what you're saying there is the durability of a garment, how long we use that garment, isn't just about whether it fades or whether it pills, but it's also about how the individual actually considers that garment for its purpose or function that that individual has bought that garment for. End use has a massive impact on the level of durability that the piece of clothing needs. Different garments are used in different ways. So the level of durability needed is different, especially depending on the individual as well. You know, we could take the same garment and one individual can use it and completely destroy it after a month, whereas the other one could keep it forever. There's so many variables to consider. And that's something that we're looking at into this project to try and break that down and, and break down the complexity of the subject. What you're saying is, even if we could make a garment as durable as possible, the emotional aspect of durability, where you talked about people falling in love or falling out of love with a garment, actually is almost more important than that technical durability. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's where the end of life systems and circularity systems comes to play as well. And if we can make garments that are repairable or recyclable, and it means that we can sell on garments, we can rent garments out, it can have a second lifetime. And I think that's also something very important to consider. People are always going to buy more. I think that's what fashion is. They always want the new trend and the next new thing. But if we can create garments that will stand the test of time, it means that they can have several lifetimes and have several emotional attachments. And hopefully, meaning that we do start to consume less overall. What you're saying is we have this challenge for individuals with a garment where that emotional connection means that they dispose of that garment or they're finished with it. But if we make that garment well enough that allows them to then pass it on to another, either through peer-to-peer selling or through the hiring scheme that a brand might be running, actually reducing overall consumption across the fashion industry and, and therefore reducing those footprints I mentioned at the start of the, the podcast. There's always going to be a footprint involved in selling a garment on and it having a second life. However, that footprint is much better than somebody throwing a garment away before its actual end of life. And in theory, that garment could even go on to have a third or fourth life. I think there's definitely a level of education around that to the consumer and then understanding that these avenues of disposal are there. And it doesn't mean that once they've done with it, they just put it in the bin. I definitely think that is something that we need to be better at going forward. I just wanted to add to... Kate's point around using durability to make sure garments can have a second, third or fourth lifetime even. Increasing durability is really going to help the amount of items we see bought through pre-loved, which is ultimately, like you said at the beginning, Mark, the biggest impact a product has is in that kind of production and manufacturing phase. So if we can cut that phase out of the life cycle by purchasing more through pre-loved, that would be a real win-win situation for increasing the durability of the products on the market. So what we're saying from a durability point of view or from a sustainability point of view is we're reducing consumption and we're changing the way that consumers engage with fashion, i.e. doing more leasing or maybe more secondhand. How is that going to influence what brands are doing in terms of their approach to sustainability and durability? So Vicky, 
in that sort of context, then handing over to you, how important is durability to modern responsible brands who are trying to be more sustainable in the fashion industry now? It's a great question, Mark. I think it's really important. I know we've said this already, but I think it's really important to recognize that there are no standards for durability across the fashion industry as a whole. So as brands and retailers and responsible brands and retailers, we absolutely have a responsibility to our consumers to ensure that our garments are durable. And therefore we have a set of requirements that are individual to each brand and retailer, but they are a set of requirements. Go to show that something is durable. I think that the physical element, as Kate, as you pointed out, is less complex. However, there is also an element of category complexity, denim versus form. Trousers is an example that we've used earlier. You know, there are material complexities, construction, weight complexities. Even within a jersey category, you would go from anything from a piece of outerwear to a piece of intimate apparel. So, you know, there's varying different weights within that as well. So there isn't a one size fits all. I think that's really important to say. Definitely the LETAC piece on the physical durability will definitely support that benchmarking and looking what industry should be doing as a collective. For, you know, brands and retailers, durability could be an absolute great opportunity. It will allow brands to protect and enhance their reputation. If consumers know that your items or your clothing has that durability element to it and it's less likely to have a mode of failure that drives customer loyalty, you can invite, hopefully attract new or lapsed customers as well on the back of your clothing really being durable and being able to prove that durability. There's a lot to go after from a durability aspect within that circular economy angle. The designing of clothes to last longer has absolutely potential to reduce fashion waste. As a business, we have used the clothing longevity protocol to start to have a look at how we can prove to customers stakeholders and the wider industry about how clothing can be more durable because you have to have a proof point you can't just obviously come out and say that our clothing is more durable you need to actually prove that point that's really interesting what you've just talked about there in terms of what the brands and what the industry are thinking about around durability which i think for many people would be counterintuitive that brands really want to make durable product But it's also interesting that you mentioned that there seems to be a lack of consistency with standards around durability. Is that part of the reason why brands are engaging in the Textiles 23rd initiative, for example? What is really great about RAP and Textiles 2030 specifically is that all brands and retailers are able to get around the table and and really sort of start to look and delve into what should those requirements be we need to have a level playing field for all brands and retailers so that consumer can go confidently into any brand or retailer and know that that item they're going to purchase has a level of durability that we all as an industry agree on 
And what you're talking about there, Vicky, is this idea of that sort of technical or physical durability, but it's still that complexity of understanding consumers' emotional connection and how that will influence and challenge people in terms of their shopping behaviour. Yeah, I think the emotional is huge. It's almost the unlock for durability per se. We've got to get people to start having relationships with their clothing as it's been already spoken about earlier on, we're discarding or we're keeping and not wearing. So we've got surplus clothing in our wardrobes. But I think what's really important from the physical aspect of durability that connects to the emotional is you've got to have how that garment makes you feel. It's lovely. You love putting it on. It makes you feel warm, cozy, cool, edgy, whatever that may be. It could also be that that item evokes memories as well. So we've got to start correlating that physical element and aligning it with that emotional element as well. And we see it very much that it tends to be those timeless, evergreen clothing items people keep their connection to for longer. I think it's really interesting the way that you phrase that because... There is a movement within fashion and sustainable fashion in particular where people are just being told, stop buying things, don't engage in fashion. But what you've highlighted there is that fashion is such an emotional part of our lives in many ways. How would a consumer make their way through understanding what durability means? And in particular, when they're going out shopping and looking at garments, how would they go about doing that? I think one of the things that specifically people look at is price. People tend to think that if something is of lower value, inherently it's probably less durable as part of the benchmarking and consistency piece within this PhD project that we need to get to a level where actually price should be always be that first consideration and if we can get that consistency across the industry then customers go into stores feeling really confident knowing that there is a base or as a foundation yeah and i would agree with vicky that consistent guidelines are really going to support brands and retailers to be able to communicate the durability of their products on almost a level playing field and that will help customers make decisions on what products they buy. As Vicky touched on, you know, durability is often linked with quality, quality is often linked with higher price points, but that's not always the case and I think that's what is going to be really interesting to see through this PhD project and then how we use that information to then develop this consistency across all retailers. Getting that minimum level right is going to help us hopefully not greenwash our consumers. We want to give them correct information um, about how many wears and how many washes these garments should last for. Just to interject from a sustainable materials point of view, as you've already mentioned, durability is so complex and for the consumer, I think it can be quite overwhelming. But there are things that they can look for when deciding between different products and that's things like sustainability credentials. I know there's a lot of greenwashing out there, but there are a lot of certified credentials out there as well, such as BCI Cotton. So if you're looking at buying a new t-shirt, maybe there's a route to go down there and doing a bit of research around maybe picking the more sustainable option 
if you're not quite sure in terms of durability and how to navigate that. As a consumer, when you are shopping for new clothes, I guess you really want to think about how are you going to use that item? How much use are you going to get out of it? And use that to guide your, your purchasing habits. Yeah, I think there's also an element that sustainability doesn't have to cost. You know, we shouldn't be pricing people out of sustainability. It should be affordable for everybody according to your price bracket and, and how you shop. But there are sustainability choices out there for all ends of the market, just at that premium end. When we talked about the fast fashion phenomena, and most yeah. people assume that fast fashion is about low value product. But actually, fast fashion is a trend that affects all sorts of different price brackets. So luxury fast fashion happens. People buy lots of things, they use it very little, and then they buy the next thing. So we see that happening in all sorts of different product categories and price ranges. And talking about price, it's really interesting that what we're suggesting here, that price is not an indicator of the durability of a garment. In terms of your research, maybe you've already started to see some evidence that supports that idea that price is not a guarantor of good quality, durable product. There is previous academic research that has been done that shows that price isn't necessarily an indicator of durability. It is a concept that we're going to be looking at within the durability project. When we come to benchmarking, we are going to be including price and that's hopefully to show and debunk this myth that price is a way of measuring durability. So thank you to Vicky and Kate and Kat for that really discussion about durability and the fact that durability is far more complex um, than maybe we had thought before at the start of the podcast. This idea that um, we have something called physical or technical durability in terms of wear and tear of garments but also that we have emotional uh, durability connection between consumers and their products. What it means going forward is this project for Leetac has, has only just started. We're on a three-year journey working with brands and retailers who are members of the Textiles 2030 initiative run by RAP. And what we hope to be doing over the duration of the project is bringing you further podcasts to explain a bit more about what we've learned about durability, more information about how consumers can understand their contribution to durability, and what they can be doing to maybe extend the life of their garments, improve the utilisation, and ultimately contribute to a more sustainable industry. So thank you again to Kate, Kat and Vicky for a really interesting insight to the subject of uh, durability and sustainable fashion. And uh, we uh, thank everyone for listening to today's podcast.